All right, what is up everybody? Thank you again for joining me on Middle Ground. I am here, actually, Matt, I think you're my first guest. Amazing. Yeah, <laughs> so wow. Um, I'm here with Matthew Banyak. How do you say your last name? Banyak. Banyak, Matthew yeah. B. Um, <laughs> Or better yet known as Stillwater Alchemy, especially <laughs> me and Daniela only ever refer to you as Stillwater. Like, I don't even think yes. we use the name Matthew pretty much ever. We're just like, what's Stillwater doing? So um, yeah, you can find him on Instagram, Stillwater Alchemy. Um, also, some of his information will be in the show notes below. The show notes, LOL, we're such podcasters. Like in the show notes. You are a professional, Christopher, claim it. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. Um, and if you're watching this, the accessible um, American Sign Language version on YouTube, the description box below will have all the information. Um, okay, today we're gonna talk about the main events of 2022. Um, some of the bigger transits that are going to unfold. We're going to set the intention. Matthew is all about setting intentions before he does anything. So um, the intention today that I am setting is that this brings clarity to, um, to those who find it and those who need it and um, that we help prepare people for um, the year ahead. So that's my, my intention. What's your intention? Yeah, I would just like this information to be disseminated for all those that could benefit from it, that it lands in the laps or in the ears of everyone curious and interested, that they're just going to be getting really valuable information that inspires them to learn more and to have more knowledge to increase their autonomy for the year ahead. Okay, I love that. I'm going to also pull, okay, I was going to say I'm going to pull one card and one card flies out. <laughs> And it's my card, which is hilarious because I pulled a, oh. <laughs> I pulled the King of Wands for me all the time. Um, but this is all about making inspired. No, this card is about making decisions based off of that like intuitive inspiration that sort of comes from within. I find so definitely following your gut, being able to. Um, lead and delegate and to take control of how you want to channel your passion, um, your drive, maybe any anger that comes up. <laughs> but um, sorry, this is making a sound. I want to make sure it's not too, there we go. Um, yeah, so if there's an intention that's going to be set around this card for everybody listening, it's that we can take control where we need to and that we can release control where we need to and that we can make those um, decisions based off of that intuitive, um, creative spark. Anything that brings you joy, move towards that. Um, okay, I've got a tea ready. I've got a couple almonds here, which I guess isn't the best idea for a podcast. It's like ASMR, right? Could you hear that? Will that work? <laughs> I did. I mean, there might be some people into that, so you never know. Right? Okay, well, I'll do my best to not chew too loud. It's been a long day, but let's get into, I'm assuming the first thing on our list is going to be the Venus retrograde because Correct. that starts. So yeah, I'll let you get specific with the dates and the vibe. I'm going to sure. pull, pull a card for each 
transit too, just to see some other knowledge that comes through. And I've got a fairy deck here and a moon deck here. So maybe we'll switch. But um, yeah, I know the Venus retrograde is starting in December and it's going to carry us into the new year. I Correct. do know that it's also in Capricorn. So Venus retrograde in Capricorn, what does that look like? What does that feel like? What can people expect for the first couple months of January, 2022? Yeah, and even just to note as well, like 2020 for me was really intense for the cardinal signs, Aries, Capricorn. Oh, Libra. That was really hard. Libra and- Cancer. Cancer. Thank you. I was going to say Aries and Capricorn specifically because we had that Mars retrograde in Aries and then the Saturn retrograde in Capricorn. So for a lot of 2020, all the cardinal signs really got hit. And then 2021, we had also the influence from the eclipses, Gemini, Sagittarius that crossed over from 2020. So the mutable signs really got through the ringer during those eclipses, as well as the fixed signs because we had Saturn in Aquarius now and then we also have Uranus and Taurus so when we're moving into 2022 the mutable signs get to breathe a little bit more it's going to be a lot more fun for them because we also have Jupiter moving into Pisces on December 28th as we're also entering into this Venus retrograde so if you're a mutable sign out there Virgo Pisces Sag or Gemini things generally speaking will be easier for you just simply because the nodes will be shifting and we'll talk about that but with Venus retrograde starting on December 19th of 2021, it's interesting because Venus will be conjunct Pluto, which is all about power, death, rebirth, obsession, mining for the truth. And if we think about relationships and if we think about Venus, it really comes down to what we value. And a lot of times when we're going through a divorce, ending a relationship, a friendship, one with a loved one, a colleague, a lot of times people want to have clarity or closure. They want the truth. And so during this retrograde, you might find yourself looking back and wondering maybe what did I do wrong or what could I have done better? Wanting to connect with that individual, even yourself on a more intimate level and saying, why do I keep attracting these relationships? What subconsciously am I holding on to from trauma, from fear, from whatever that may be going into those Pluto themes of the subconscious going into the underworld, so to speak, to really understand yourself better with relationships, with your own self-love, beauty, sex, whatever that is for you, really Venus comes down to what do you value? And so that'll be a really good period to lean into that. And I always think of retrogrades, of course, the planet is slowing down giving the optical illusion that it's moving backwards relative to the Earth's rotation. So people sometimes jump the gun, clickbait, all this fear around retrogrades. It's simply time to slow down. And so people that are in relationships, you can also reassess how you're moving in that relationship. You can address all of your relationships. Like you said, Chris, it's happening in the sign of Capricorn to really Look at the structural foundation. Is this a proper use of time, energy, and money? Is it a good investment to keep pursuing these relationships? And not saying relationships have to be transactional, but we all know you put a lot of love, time, money into your relationships. And if they're not serving you, or if they're not growing with you, or they're just stagnant and potentially even toxic in a misuse of power, going into those Pluto themes as well, these would be things to address during this 
retrograde and always Venus retrogrades happen every 18 months and the retrograde period lasts for 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, so the retrograde period is 40 days and 40 nights. So how so long? From December 19th of 2021 to January 29th, 2022. Okay, so <laughs> I just realized I must have spread some misinformation somewhere then because for some reason I thought that there was a four month or is Venus in Capricorn for four months with the rest? Right. So it's already been in Capricorn for a while. It started slowing down and entered that pre-retrograde shadow right before that eclipse that we had on November 19th. So on the 18th, it's already slowing down in November. And now it's just getting closer and closer. We're recording this in December. Okay. So Venus is in retrograde for 40 days and 40 nights but Venus is in Capricorn for four months, roughly. Yeah, like it'll still be in Capricorn until March, and then that's when it'll ingress into Aquarius. Right, so as we've been moving through this space, Venus moves into Capricorn, and we start really being aware of the structures around Venetian themes. So um, the structures that we have around love, money, sex, resources, and luxury, rest, receiving, recovery, all of those types of things. As we've been moving into December, Venus starts to slow down and then she's gonna go retrograde. So we're gonna have an opportunity to now reflect on all of those things and to review them and to reassess them. And then that's when we're going to be almost like deconstructing the way we look at that, deconstructing the um, maybe, habits or the situations that we've created around ourselves and then when she goes forward again venus is moving direct in capricorn it's a time to rebuild those relationships rebuild our relationship to money sex leisure all of those types of things um i've had a few people on instagram reaching out about this saying like is this a good time to break up with people is this a good time to get back together with people my intuition is saying that, I mean, first and foremost, do you ever really want to go back to the same thing? Like, no, something has to change or, or nothing changed. Do you know what I mean? So I think for those asking, and I'm even personally in a little bit of one of these situations at the moment where I'm like, do we completely let these people go or are we able to let go of the structure and the relationship that we built with those people and we're allowed to potentially rebuild in a better capacity because if you're not in danger if you're not in an extremely toxic environment if you're dealing with somebody who's honest and willing to level up and put in the work would you say that there is the opportunity for people to actually build something long-term in a more stable foundation based on this Capricorn energy? Um, or do you think, I mean, and of course it's gonna be different for each person, but like, what is your recommendation for, for people who are saying, should I stay or should I go? Because when I hear Capricorn, I hear stay if you're willing to put in the hard fucking work because big results will come back. 
but I also hear run if those people are not willing to put in the work because like at the first sign of somebody not putting in the work or getting lazy or falling backwards, it's just like, we're done. You know what I mean? So what's your take on that? Well, I think it's really important to note that Venus is going to be stationing retrograde within one degree of Pluto. So quite literally, I've been dealing with a lot of clients who are like, should I divorce my partner? Should I leave my partner? What about this? And also for some of them, we're talking about retrograde, things coming back from the past. I've had some clients say, this past lover has now come back into my life all of a sudden years later. And remember, Venus retrogrades every 18 months, but every eight years, it comes back to the almost the exact same location that it was prior. So for example, on December 21st, 2013, Capricorn was also the sign in which Venus was retrograde. So if people want to be retrospective, they can look back to where they were at the end of the year, eight years ago, to also have a perspective on this. And so a quick example, Capricorn is my first house. We also look to personal aesthetics and beauty in first house themes. I remember eight years ago, I got a call to get jaw surgery, which was needed. I had braces for like six years. And so I got that call to align the surgery during that Venus retrograde. And now I'm also on a wait list to talk to a surgeon about some very minor aesthetic surgery, but it's crazy when I did the calculations, I'm like, oh yeah, there's still first house themes that are going forward. So first of all, look to the house in which Capricorn rules for greater insight to see how this retrograde may manifest for you. You can look back eight years ago to see similar themes that may show up. Secondly, Chris, to answer your question, yes, having a Capricorn stellium myself, it really does come down to, are these people willing to do the work? And I think with regards to Pluto, those themes are very beautiful in relationships. Are you willing to die this ego death to let go of structures and power dynamics and things that are no longer serving either of you to grow together or is the trust not there or is something not being told in a truthful manner these are all things to really assess and not just go back because i do think that this pandemic has triggered a lot of trauma a lot of root chakra blockages of i don't feel safe i need to latch on to something that feels comfortable which of course can be sex, companionship, relationships, but is it actually going to build the foundation with that lover, with that friend, with that colleague to get you to where you need to be? And I always just go off your intuition. If you feel like there's still something there, purely based off your higher self, not on your ego or out of being lonely, then of course people do change. But I've also seen a lot of people throughout this pandemic make a little bit of change and then revert back to where they were. Like a lot of my acquaintances, their lives are the exact same after a global pandemic. They haven't changed at all. And so that for me is concerning that if you have a global pandemic and your life is the exact same, you haven't made any changes. Oh God. A a 40 day retrograde isn't going to do it, babe. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, Another thing that I want to just clarify for our listeners is that we're putting a lot of emphasis on love right now. It does not need to be love only. This can be your relationship to work. This can be your Mm -hmm. relationship with friends, family, community, with yourself, with your old self, with old habits, with how you find pleasure. So like, we're really reflecting on, um, yeah, you know, do I stay or do I go in this relationship? But also do you stay or do you go in that job? Like if in that job you say, 
hey boss, like I deserve more. This isn't working for me. This is what I need. If they can say, perfect, I'm willing to give you all those things. And you feel that there's still intuitively space for you to grow within that company or whatever, then yeah, by all means stay and continue to do your thing. But I don't want everybody to think everything we just talked about for the last five minutes is only related to love because that like rewind it and listen now thinking about your work you know what I mean like it's the same yeah exactly I think it just comes down to Venus what do you value and so some people really value their loving relationships with their family with their friends with their partners some people value and covet beauty some people value money and investment some people value their home and land acquisition so and again too for even something more personalized you can look to which house is ruled by Capricorn but also which house are ruled by Libra and Taurus, which are also signs that are ruled by Venus. And so, Christopher, you are a Libra rising. So, of course, Venus is your chart ruler. So, if you are a Libra or Taurus rising, or if Libra or Taurus rule your MC, for example, the MC links to career, then this Venus retrograde would be having themes of personal development, personal identity, if you have that is your rising or career if it's MC kind of thing. So you can get more specific based on your own individual chart as well. Okay, I love that. Um, the idea also comes up around like Venus is going retrograde. I don't think I should be making any big decisions with like um, anything that's gonna be like super permanent. So like, I don't know if people should be like, painting that room that like lime green that they think they'll love because like in 40 days you're gonna fucking hate it like do not get bangs do not get like any plastic surgeries or maybe like tattoos or permanent things because it is very likely that people will not love it once venus goes direct correct yeah like i mean surgery can also be linked to mars and so plastic surgery correct is more usually aesthetics and beauty oriented It'll be dependent, of course, there's so many things. Like I have clients that get work done during not typically auspicious periods. So if you've already planned something, don't freak out. But if you can avoid it, like I had one client who wants to get a Brazilian butt lift and we were talking, I said, maybe move that to February or March so that it's not in the exact retrograde period. I mean, marriages are also a big election where ideally not when Venus is retrograde, but it's also kind of curious that maybe you don't want the marriage to last, get married during a Venus retrograde, like using these to your advantage. But I do remember, Chris, last May in 2020, we were talking about Venus retrograde and you shared a DM on your story on Instagram. And it was someone who said, oh my gosh, I just dyed my hair red and got bangs and now I hate it. Help. And you're like, sorry, babe, it's too late. Like almost better luck next time. Cause you can't do anything once you fuck, like, <laughs> dye your hair color and get a fringe. So yes. Huge. Also investments too. We're talking about Capricorn. Maybe you're wanting to buy or sell a home or buy a whole bunch of crypto or move money around. Maybe wait and see and take a step back and talk to a financial advisor, get more information during this retrograde so you can make a better informed decision or get a better deal on that big ticket item afterwards. Okay, I am totally looking at crypto. So like, I'm going to postpone that. <laughs> but I do have like an aesthetic surgery. It's not a surgery. It's like a non-invasive thing. But like, I've already had that booked. So like, I can go forward. Yeah. And if you want to like find little loopholes in electional astrology, say you booked 
that aesthetic surgery before, like say you booked it in the fall or before this retrograde happened, hypothetically speaking, you already started the election for that surgery beforehand. If you want to be like very mercurial and maybe more detail oriented, if you have a lot of Virgo placements, maybe you just want to avoid it because it just gives you anxiety thinking about, oh no, I planned this, but I am a big proponent of mindset and your own personal autonomy are just as important as what's going on in the stars. If they both are aligned, obviously the manifestation can happen quicker, but really it comes down to how you want to show up in those situations, blessing the time and the energy. If at all possible, if you can move that huge plastic surgery or that huge investment, but if you're intuitively feeling called and channeled, like people always say mercury retrogrades, don't sign documents, don't buy a car, don't move, don't do this. I moved into this condo in Toronto during the last mercury retrograde in June and I saved so much money. It was such a seamless interaction and it was a great activation in my personal chart. So maybe if you're a Capricorn rising, avoid the plastic surgery. And I know we're talking about that a lot. Use your own discretion, look at your chart or talk to an astrologer and they can really give you a lot. My own thing is like December, January with Venus being so close to Pluto, that would not be the best because it could really be like, something not going ideally well are these like huge exaggerations or small details being missed with regards to investments beauty even conversations it might just be tricky at that time so make sure you're clear-headed set some good intentions before entering into those dynamics it's kind of interesting chris because we have a saturn uranus square christmas eve and then christmas day we have Venus exactly conjunct Pluto at 25 degrees Capricorn. So this can even be just for all cardinal signs who have placements between 26 degrees and 11 degrees, cardinal being Capricorn, Cancer, Aries, and Libra. Then of course, this retrograde can hit certain things in your chart. And if anyone has prominent Capricorn energy, just to note that as well. Okay. So... I was shuffling while you were talking just to get like, see what needs to come through about this transit. And the two cards that fell out, they literally flew across the thing. <laughs> I got the emperor and the empress, which I love. Um, also the empress reversed from the looks of it on the video. Exactly. And I was just going to say that the empress is reversed. The empress is also ruled by Venus and it being reversed is so retrograde vibe, which I love. So when I look at this, I'm really, Capricorn is not connected to the Emperor card from what I gather. However, it's a very Capricorn vibe because the Emperor is like on top of the throne. He's running the kingdom. He has the structure, the foundations, the resources. And then we've got the Empress here reversed beside him. So I feel like we're really being asked to focus on identifying what parts of ourself are we not nurturing in the ways that we need to be nurtured. Like when I see this Empress reverse, especially going through a Venus retrograde in Capricorn, it's like, how is it that we need to move forward after we go direct, after we come out of this whole sort of transit through Capricorn, like moving into the springtime, what have you learned about the last 18 months that isn't working? And when you're moving forward into the spring, how are you now making sure that you're protecting that divine feminine energy? And that divine feminine energy being 
giving your time, sorry, giving yourself enough time to rest, giving yourself enough time to receive those intuitive downloads, to allow the universe to just work through you and for you and around you and to not feel the need to always be like going and going and going and producing and creating. It's like we have this whole like capitalist conditioned way of thinking that if we stop to rest, we're going to fail or miss it or everything's going to fall apart. And I think that a lot of our reflection just based on these two cards falling out is like, okay, we get it. We've got it. We know how to make things happen. We know how to take control. We know how to um, create and manifest and do, but we don't really know how to rest and we don't know how to receive and we don't know how to be cared for. So like take the next couple of weeks to like really reflect on that and just figure out what could I do to make sure that I'm more in a protective space in my divine feminine, because I feel like we've really mastered the masculine over the last how many centuries with just like, go, 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 go. And now it's time for us to like get back into the like working smarter, not harder and like letting other people do things for you and just trusting that things are coming and not that you need to make things happen all the time. So um, yeah, so that's kind of coming through for this. I also... Yeah, you know what, let's just leave it at that. Let's move on to the next transit because I want to keep this like around an hour and I know that you need to go like in the next uh, 58 minutes. So let's- <laughs> of course. Also just to end up on that, Chris, just like quite simply slowing down. And like you said, giving respect to the divine feminine, redefining your relationship with your own divine feminine. And what does that mean? And I think that will literally transfer over to everything that we just talked about with regards to- relationships, love, money, beauty, personal choices, everything. So I 100% agree with those tarot cards. Love it. Perfect. So what is the next? Um, we've got this yeah. ending in March. Yeah. So the retrograde will finish on January 29th with Venus, but then of course it has that post retrograde shadow period as well. So just be aware that this was already starting. Venus was slowing down mid-November and then it'll still be slowly gaining back power after that retrograde for most of February so take it slow and that will really set the foundation on relationships and so I think I want to talk about the nodal axis next and then we'll get into Jupiter because the Jupiter is a nice high and blessing that we all get to experience so the nodal axis ever since May 5th of 2020 we had the north node in Gemini south node in Sagittarius. So there was a lot of activations around these signs and these topics, Gemini, communication, two sides of every story. Everyone had an opinion on major life events that were happening. And there were a lot of them, not just talking about the pandemic. In Sagittarius, a big component is travel. And of course, we saw how travel completely shifted. Even the last time that the south node entered Sagittarius, was at the end of 2001, right after 9-11. And we saw how travel completely changed at that time. So it is quite telling how these themes really do have a global effect on the collective consciousness. And then individually, you can look at your own natal chart to see over the past 18 months between May of 2020 and mid-January of 2022, where these themes took place through. And I think Chris you are a beautiful example of this because not only are you a Gemini sun, your Jupiter is also in the sign of Gemini in your ninth house. Ninth house speaks to divination, international affairs, 
editing, publishing, storytelling, disseminating information. If you think back onto what you've accomplished over the past 18 months, it's quite remarkable. And having that North Node transit hit personal planets can be quite expressive. And so now with the node shifting, the North Node will be in Taurus, South Node will be in Scorpio starting January 19th of 2022, going until July 17th of 2023, these nodal shifts last for about 18 months. We want to think of these Taurus-like themes. And so Chris, if you think of Taurus, what are the main energies that usually come up with that sign for you? Um, I always think of like long-term for Taurus because Taurus to me is like, you plant the seed. It's the first of the three earth signs. So it's like, okay, in Aries, we've got this idea. In Taurus, we take that idea and we apply it to the physical 3D form. And then we're trying to build it. So I always use the example of like, if you plant the seed in the right environment with the right care and the right amount of sunlight, it's going to grow into a unmovable tree and that will just expand in space and it will bring you apples every year. And it's like, so when I think of Taurus, I'm thinking long-term, I'm thinking um, physical manifestations. I'm thinking resources. It's connected to Venus. So money relationships, um, but like the tangibility of it all and like the pleasure of it all and um, again, it's it's like this Empress card here. Like this is such a Taurus vibe because it's not that Taurus is lazy. Taurus is actually a very hardworking sign. But when a Taurus is like, okay, hard work's over, it's like it is time to lay back and like feed me grapes and like I just want to chill. So yeah, when I think of Taurus, I think of that sort of like real earthly pleasures, but that being part of the reward if you use the Taurus energy properly to show up, do the hard work and plant the seeds properly. And then you build this like long lasting sort of structure. Um, yeah, that's what I feel about Taurus. Yeah, and for me, Taurus is a fixed earth sign that's stability, resources, security, yeah, finances, extreme wealth. There's always this meme of Lizzo, like drinking Veuve or champagne with a straw for breakfast. Like that's such a Taurus and she is a Taurus son. Like that vibe being like, I've worked hard. I've made these smart decisions to create this beautiful life for myself and I deserve the best. And so I, if we think of Gemini and Sagittarius, those are both mutable energies. Things are in flux, adaptable. They're not really constant ever. There's not really a sense of stability. We saw for the past 18 months, nothing was for sure, everything and everyone was kind of in this frenetic, chaotic energy. And some people thrive off chaos and can adapt. I think now people are really craving security and stability and how they can now plant themselves. I love the tree analogy, Chris, to get the results that they want, to get the beautiful relationships that they desire, to accumulate this new wealth that is now taking place with all these different avenues to acquire money to make money and now with the metaverse and crypto new ways of money new ways of creating resources so i do think that those themes are going to be prominent for the next 18 months and then if we think of scorpio it can be very secretive mysterious very fixed in their emotion they can be sometimes vengeful and hold grudges and so part of me thinks that there is going to be a way 
that certain things are going to be revealed, certain things that were kept secret, because if we think of the self, no, it's about releasing, letting go. And sometimes it kind of reminds me of when Hillary Clinton, like all those emails were released during that presidential campaign and Hillary is also a Scorpio son. And so something of power or something that might aid other people being released as a collective theme, but also different fears or shadow aspects that are not serving us, they have to be let go or else you're not going to be able to really take advantage of these beautiful Taurus themes that we all just talked about. And of course, looking to your own natal chart to see where this is taking place and what houses and if you have any significant angles or planets in either Taurus or Scorpio. I know personally, I have a lot of Scorpio energy and my MC, my career angle is at 29 degrees Scorpio, like it's right at the end. And when we had that eclipse on November 19th, South Node is at one degree Sagittarius and I received news about one of my businesses having just to be on hold. There's nothing I can do. I've tried so many different ways knocking on doors that it has to just be let go for a bit, which is fine. But I think it's interesting that sometimes those self no transits can just be a point of letting go or releasing what doesn't serve you. And even I remember, I think it was October 8th or 9th, Venus just entered Sagittarius at that point. And we had the moon in Sagittarius that weekend and the south node was there. And I post videos on my YouTube channel breaking down the week. And one of the comments was literally this weekend, I have a funeral burying two of my closest female entities in my life. And so we had the south node conjunct the moon and Venus for the collective on that day. So sometimes it can mean death or something that is no longer serving you to make space for more. So north node or moving towards excess, south node we're moving away from and letting go. So letting go of the fears, letting go of the grudges, letting go of things that we don't understand or can't see to plant yourself in something more stable and grounded. I find it interesting too, that with the south node in Scorpio, um, actually this, the bottom of the deck is exactly what I was going to talk about. So the bottom of the deck, I have the nine of swords reversed, um, the south node in Scorpio. Oh my God. And then underneath that, I have the two of cups. Mm. So the two of cups, again, bringing in the balance of that divine feminine, the divine masculine, um, being able to plant seeds, new connections. This is new collaborations, new contracts, new agreements, new people coming into our lives. So this is very North Node, Taurus, bringing us all of these opportunities for love, abundance, finances. And this can last forever. It may not last forever. It may just be a stepping stone to a larger structure that will last forever. But what's important about this South Node in Scorpio, with this Nine of Swords reversed especially, is that like over the next... 18 months or when those nodes change and we move into that 18 month cycle, there's going to be so much purging around these old like self-limiting beliefs and fears and programs that have like controlled your experience for so long because Scorpio being connected to Pluto and Mars is like, it's going to dive deep into the subconscious, Pluto, and Mars is going to help you fight that part of yourself. It's going to help burn away all of that part of yourself. So I feel like as the South Node is moving through Scorpio, like we're really going to have this energy of like deep purge and compost and like releasing all of these old programs so that you can create those foundations and plant that tree. And when it starts, you know, bringing a thousand apples a month, you know what to do with the apples. And you're not sitting there overwhelmed being like, 
I have too many apples. I don't deserve these apples. I could never do anything with these apples. No, instead you'll be like, I'm a fucking king or a queen or a ruler or whatever. And like, look at all this abundance. I'm going to sell some of these apples and make some money. I'm going to donate some of these apples. I'm going to eat apples all fucking day. Applesauce, apple pie, apple juice. It's just like, it's going to be really, and again, I have the Empress reversed with the Nine of Swords. They're above each other, um, like how I've laid them down here just on the table. And like, we need to release these old programs so that we can actually embody that level of luxury and lifestyle that we deserve. Like before capitalism, like thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago or whatever the fuck it wasn't this day and age, like we weren't on all the time. We weren't so fearful thinking that there wasn't gonna be opportunities or that I wasn't gonna be heard or that I wasn't gonna be seen or that, and like we've somehow been so weirdly conditioned into like, there's not enough, there's not enough. So. I feel like we're just going to really be moving through this 18 month cycle of like realizing that these are all self-limiting beliefs or like limits that others have put on us that we just believed for so long. And now we can clear them out. And when we clear them out, we can fix that foundation. And then in that foundation, we can actually build and grow like into actual abundance and like actual leisure and actual joy. So yeah, that's kind of what's coming through for the tarot. And then of course you've got that two of cups, which is just like inviting in all of these new connections and being able to sustain them because the programs that were blocking those connections from coming into our lives are being purged. You know what I mean? So get ready. I also, I know the intense energy of 2022 is not like a super, like it's not going to be like a breeze through the finish line this year, unfortunately. Um, I think 2020, 2021, 2022 are all quite intense years. And it does, like, yeah, the South Node in Scorpio, like, are we expecting, I don't want to stress people out, but like, are we expecting a lot of death or a lot of release from maybe not even physical death? I mean, we'll see what the pandemic looks like, but like, just the death of old ways and really being yeah. asked to mourn the loss of like, like, unfortunately, that old life is gone. So we need to adjust. We need to adapt. And like, we're all here to do it together. And obviously, people like Matthew and I are here to provide resources to help the collective go through that shift. But like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of change and a lot of death to the old life and the old like dreams and stuff that we used to have. And we're going to just have to adjust ourselves accordingly. You know what I mean? exactly and even just going back to your previous sentiments about the cards that you pulled with Scorpio energy they have that stinger that barb right where they feel like if they can't trust someone or something they sting in the attack but sometimes they end up stinging themselves and then they end up alone or being lonely but Scorpio Scorpio energy it's like you kind of did this to yourself based off your fears and your doubts and I think even going back to that subliminal reprogramming or just like what we had to endure in the past of isolation or feeling like we were going to be kicked out of society kicked out of the quote-unquote tribe if we misspoke if we didn't come correct if we didn't look a certain type of way so I do think that these paradigms these mindsets and I see this a lot in past life regression in client sessions and that I feel like I have to do this in order to succeed and that's where I think the death of ego, the death of old self 
the death of this new normal. Whenever people post, I'm like, none of this was ever normal or correct. Like, do you want to go back to women, minorities, all these groups were oppressed and not being treated with equality? Like, I don't want a new normal. I want there to be change that actually gives power and strength and allows us all to grow in a way that's conducive. So that for me is my hope and how I trust that this nodal energy will serve us moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so we've got Venus retrograde. After that, we've got the nodes shifting into two mm -hmm. new signs. Um, what can we expect after that? Okay, so this is a really beautiful one, which just in itself is getting every astrologer excited, and that's Jupiter's ingress into Pisces, one of its home signs. This is going to give a lot of benevolence and joy just for everyone. I think even, Chris, you're talking about 2020, 2021, four-year, a five-year, 2022, a six-year. I always think of six as balance, right? Manifestation. And so... I feel like when Jupiter is going to be in Pisces, it's going to be an opportunity to engage in those feminine energies, kind of piggybacking what we talked about with Venus and Capricorn. Pisces is also a feminine, mutable water sign. And so this is where we get to actually enjoy these blessings of fellowship, community, love, spirituality. How can we connect mind, body, and soul in a more deeper, intimate way? If you think of the ocean and the depths of the ocean, there are these fishes that only survive there. So how can we go deeper and really connect with this beautiful Piscean energy. And I just think obviously spirituality is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We are gonna have that Jupiter conjunct Neptune event happening in April, which I'm really excited for as well to see. One thing just to note on the shadow aspect of Piscean energy is that delusion, false prophets, things coming out of left field, I think everyone has seen a scam account on Instagram or these emails that are trying to get you to pay for a reading or some kind of spiritual advice. So just be cautious of that. It's going to be a beautiful time for you to develop your spiritual practices to really go more intimate and deep with your relationships and a really great place for healing as well, mind, body, and soul. So for the past two years, Jupiter was in a Saturn ruled sign, Capricorn and Aquarius. So now for half of this year, Jupiter will be in Pisces. And then for the other half, it's going to be in Aries. It's going to go back and forth. But, but for those first five months or so until May 10th, Jupiter will be in Pisces, which will allow for a lot more lightness. Of course, we look to Mercury and Jupiter for travel. So I do think that travel or opportunities for travel will open up or at least be a, a bit more manageable than it's been in the past. And just love, sex, intimacy, magic, spirituality, connection, healing, all of these themes to really work on that and to slow down, given that Jupiter will ingress into Pisces on December 28th of 2021. So the fact that we have Venus in retrograde as Jupiter moves into Pisces, it really emphasizes what we talked about during Venus retrograde to incorporate the healing and the relational component of Pisces during those first few months of 2022. What do you think about that, Chris? And how are you feeling about that transit moving forward? Oh, I'm ready for love, sex, expansion, money, travel, like sign me up. First of all, um, <laughs> I was shuffling and the card that fell out is also a six, the six of wands, which oh. is such a fucking vibe. Um, and it's funny because the placement is directly under the emperor. 
So we're really stepping into this new identity and this new ego, which is interesting because we also just talked about the death of the old ego and the old programs. So I'm loving a six. I know a six is um, a balanced number. It's expansion, it's opportunity. It is like you've won the battle, sort of we've, uh, we've come to the other side of it. Um, the emperor is also number four. So six and four equals 10, which is a one. So we've got the end of a cycle, the beginning of a new cycle. And on the bottom of the deck, I have judgment reverse and the three of wands reversed. So I do feel like this opportunity for renewal is coming as we step into our new power. We're getting expanded in all these new amazing ways. We're finding opportunities are coming towards us. But you may still find that while all this stuff is landing on your lap, you still maybe don't have either the key to step through the door fully yet, or that these new opportunities are opening up a whole new life for yourself that you can't even really see just yet. You can't even really fathom just yet. Um, that Jupiter and Piscean energy is also very dreamy, very like limitless. So when I see a three of wands reverse, I get the idea of just like, stop limiting your dreams stop limiting like you want to make six figures this year go for seven or eight figures you know what i mean it's like you want that dream house like get the dream condo also and the dream boat and the dream whatever it's like go bigger and just just know that that is possible um yeah i feel like we do need to obviously keep one foot on the ground because Pisces sometimes is just like <laughs> totally batshit crazy out into fantasy world. But like, I love you for that. Um, also Pisces, ugh, I don't know if I want to get into that because I know you don't do the modern day housing thing, but I was going to say Pisces in modern day astrology, which a lot of traditional astrologers don't necessarily um, resonate with, but in modern day astrology, Pisces rules the 12th house where we're wrapping things up and we're applying the lessons that we've learned and we're moving into new beginnings. So I feel like that energy sitting here with this, with this 10 energy, which also becomes a one, I feel like this is just going to be a good opportunity for people to really be like, wow, I'm different now and I'm ready to expand in all these new ways. And I'm ready to invite in that abundance and to plant these new seeds and to get rid of these old fucking programs and these old fears and doubts that were not even mine to begin with, but like some asshole put them on me anyways. You know what I mean? So. And yeah. that's a beautiful tie in with what we just talked about the self note in Scorpio. Exactly. And the nine of swords here reversed. So it's like, yeah, it's definitely going to be a vibe. I'm excited. I also, as a little bit of a warning, like, Jupiter expands everything it touches. And when it's in Pisces, that expansion is going to be tenfold. So like, just really keep in mind that it will also expand your knowledge around the things that aren't working for you. It's not just going to expand all of the great things. It's also going to expand the things that really need to be um, rebalanced or reclimatized or whatever. So just, or like, is that too far to say that? What I will say is, Pisces, like you said, the dreamer, the artist, the mystic. And so for a lot of my creative friends that are listening, actors, dancers, musicians, writers, this is going to be a good time for you to really go all in, especially as we get closer to April and Jupiter gets closer to Neptune. Huge dreams expansion, like you said, Chris, like Judgment Reverse, Three of Wands Reverse. You're not going big enough. If there's been a delay, 
it's meant to actually serve you and to bring you into a higher place of alignment. So there's one aspect to that. Also, like you said, having one foot on the ground with Pisces either going fully into the depths of the ocean or really going into the clouds, there's this hedonistic aspect with Pisces of wanting to experience it all and just being like, there are so many different worlds and colors and smells and tastes to experience. And so if you, let's say, have a very addictive, very vivacious way of living, then you could go all into that new relationship and get lost or spend all your money on this new crypto or on this new expansion and not really think it through, especially during those first few months when Venus is still working through its retrograde and getting things clear. So just be cautious because the emotions of a Pisces are very intense and that emotional illicit reaction and that oversensitivity that comes with Neptune you could just be feeling a lot. And if you don't have a way to ground yourself or if you haven't worked through those subliminal reprogramming doubts and fears, it could sway you in a not so positive manner. Does that resonate? Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that there's a little bit of a danger with the need for Pisces to escape sometimes and mm. and i think that yeah that just kind of ties in like if you're not grounded or you're getting triggered while with jupiter wanting to expand everything that is pisces and us all getting this rush of pisces energy you may feel highly emotional highly triggered and then fuck this i want to escape this i'm going to dive into these old maybe addictive patterns or self-sabotage exactly yeah exactly. so Definitely um, try your best to connect with the body, to move the energy through creativity, writing, poetry, singing, dancing, whatever. Like those ways are going to be super healthy for everybody. And I'm super excited because we have like literally six music videos lined up to start. Yes. Like, yeah, we're filming February and um, March, April. And these are like like the music and the videos and everything that we're doing is so fucking next level amazing. Like I'm so excited to get this part of myself out because people have like pigeonholed me into like tarot, Chris Corsini. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. I do this, but I'm like so multifaceted. So I think for everybody, we're going to have such an opportunity to like, again, that's me releasing that program that I need to just be the tarot guy. So like South Node in Scorpio, fuck this, fuck what other people think. Taurus energy, Venus, I want to create, I want to bring in that wealth, I want to bring in that notoriety in different ways. And then you've got Jupiter moving into Pisces. It's just like, y'all ain't fucking ready to see what is coming. So like, I'm super excited. Um, is there, did you, I feel like you had one more transit on your list, no? Yeah, we also can talk about Jupiter and Aries. So I will say for everyone that has dominant Pisces energy or dominant water energy, so Cancer, Scorpio as well, this transit when Jupiter is in Pisces will also really benefit you significantly as well. So look to the sign in which Pisces rules and Aries rules. We'll get to that in a moment. I also think it's quite clever. Like I'm obsessed with astrology. I'm also quite obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race. So for example, All Star 6 was filmed in 2020 it came out in 2021 so when it was in 2020 Jupiter was in Capricorn the final four contestants of all stars four were all earth signs Kylie oh, yeah. Love was a Taurus Raja with a Capricorn Eureka Ginger Minge were Virgos the year prior when RuPaul's Drag Race season 12 was filmed Jupiter was in Sagittarius Jade Essence Hall the winner is a Sagittarius Gigi Good is also Sagittarius 
Sagittarius and crystal meth is in Aries. So just know that if you do have dominant water energy, this will be a great year for you to really go all in. And most times when people have dominant water energy, they are creatives, they're lovers, they're emotional, and you can use that in a really benevolent way. And then when Jupiter goes into Aries, I'm actually really excited. So between May 11th and October 28th, Jupiter will be in Aries. After October 28th, it'll retrograde back into Pisces for a hot minute until December 20th. And then after December 20th, it'll go back into Aries. So that's spring, summer energy. This is going to be great. That emperor energy, that's very Aries, initiating, getting stuff done. So I do think it's prudent to cycle back for a moment, Chris. Like you said, judgment reversed, three of wands reversed. I've had so many clients being like, oh, I feel called to do this. Or I want to start a YouTube channel. Or I want to write this book. Or I want to pursue this relationship. But they're not doing it, I think, out of fear of rejection, being kicked out not being seen, not being heard. Everything we just talked about with the South Node in Scorpio, Venus retrograding Capricorn, setting the foundation. If you can really trust in yourself, trust in your intuition, trust in your soul calling is going to support you. Then when Jupiter moves into Aries, we can set fire to the rain and start initiating, start launching, start moving forward with this beautiful cardinal fire energy. And I'm also just excited because Aries kind of went through the ringer during 2020 with its ruler being retrograde, squaring Saturn. And then Sagittarius, of course, has really been going through the ringer with the south node transit. So having Jupiter, it'll only get to eight degrees of Aries before it starts to retrograde back. But even still, that's a really nice activation for all of our friends who have dominant fire energy in their chart to get things moving, start getting the recognition that they deserve and quite honestly just have fun to see how this can all unfold for them and everyone. Okay. So that sounds like a vibe because Aries is cardinal fire and we've got Jupiter moving in to expand that. So definitely expanding opportunities for leadership, taking things on in a new way, rewriting, um, it's not even, even like business ventures, right? Like I always think of Aries as being, like you said, very leadership oriented, wanting to launch things. So with all the new energy that's going to be coming through with the metaverse and crypto and even just new things that we don't even know of yet, this is going to be the time where if you, you hadn't launched anything in the first half of the year and you really want to, I think that Jupiter and Aries is just going to push you because there's going to be so many different avenues for you to exert yourself to step into your power and to move forward. And like I said, have fun. I think this is a very good energy where we can just showcase ourselves and move quickly in quite the Aries fashion. Yeah, I love that. And Aries, um, they don't ask. They don't ask for permission. They just show up and get her done. So I'm excited that we can all embody that for a little bit, especially, yeah, if you're looking for a good time to launch something like you're saying, like stop waiting, do it. Um, yeah. We will have, so Matthew and I are working on a calendar, like an astro calendar. So all of the dates and more, the Mercury retrogrades, um, all of the outer planets, the inner planets, like all of these retrogrades, the new moons, the full moons, when things station direct, what it means, the do's and the don'ts, a little bit of a monthly breakdown. I'm going to be um, selling a calendar. So if you guys are interested in having a little more support, Stillwater here, um, Matthew helped us date everything and describe everything. So it's not just me, it's like an actual professional astrologer who's there supporting the whole process as well. 
Um, shout out to Danny, who's helping with all the design. It looks amazing. Super excited to get that out to everybody. Um, but yeah, we've got all the dates and some do's and don'ts, some tips and stuff like that. So that's a super helpful resource. Um, if you guys want to find Matthew, his, well, let's, you can talk about your offerings, what you do. Cause I feel like those are the main transits that we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you wanted to, there's also some other like little tidbits, but we can also save that for the calendar and go into that in more detail. Or if you want to keep going, it just depends hmm. on how you're feeling or how you want to wrap this up today. I mean, we could do, should we do one more for the kids? What's a good one? What else do you have? Wait, let me hear what you've got on there. I mean, this is just one thing that I think is just something we can all note is that Saturn Uranus square, right? So Uranus, unexpected change, surprise, freedom, sovereignty, Saturn talking about restrictions and boundaries. And so that exact square actually takes place on December 24th of 2021 at 11 degrees, but it also comes back again, October 1st of 2022, a bit later. And then we also have a new moon lunar eclipse, pardon me, a full moon lunar eclipse on November 8th, where we have the moon in Taurus conjunct Uranus, the North node will be in Taurus. And then we have the sun and Mercury in Scorpio. So this energy of where are we being kept? What is bounding us? Where are these restrictions happening? And what new freedoms? How can we shift the way that we have stability or new money or new resources? Even the housing market right now is kind of insane, no matter where you are in the world. So this for me also too will be curious to see how the pandemic plays out and looking at Christmas of 2021, December 24th, 25th, as kind of this is one way it could shake down. And then also later on, the exact conjunction again in November and October to see where are we able to thread the needle? How can we progress? How can we really find new balance, new structure in a way that we maybe never have before? And this is kind of the note that I was speaking of for fixed signs, given that Saturn is in Aquarius, Uranus is in Taurus. We have the eclipses in Taurus and Scorpio. So if you're one that doesn't enjoy change, this is just something to know where we're all probably going to be feeling it, especially during that full moon lunar eclipse in November. So to be open, to not be so rigid with your thought patterns, how things have been done in the past, like we were talking about that new normal, allow that to be thrown out the window a little bit. It's not saying throw it all away, but be open to this malleability, be open to change. And so that when these new structures I do think the metaverse, how the internet, this virtual reality, people are rolling their eyes and saying, it's not gonna be that big of a deal. We won't have to acclimatize. That would be like saying, you don't need an email address. You don't technically need an email. You don't need to be online, but it's definitely a tool and gives valuable resources. I mean, we wouldn't be speaking right now had technology advanced the way it has. So that's one thing I think can be quite hopeful so long as you're apt to grow and evolve, which I think really encompasses everything that we've talked about today. So this for me is getting in that meditation, being intentional, doing the journaling activity so that you're open to these downloads. You're allowed to expand and give yourself permission to grow. And so when maybe the vast majority of people stay stuck in their mindsets, in their limiting beliefs, do not want to change out of fear or out of the way things have always been done, you now know 
that there's this opportunity for huge breakthroughs to start these new businesses, new ways of making money, new ways for you to show up in relationships that are always going to be there to serve you. But this is kind of that pressure cooker, that kind of earthquake almost that is going to shift things. And if you can be ahead of the curve, you're just going to land so much more beautifully than if you stay maybe ignorant or have your hands over your eyes, not wanting to face the truth and the change that's inevitable. I'm also thinking, and I'm looking back at Jupiter in Aries and Aries is a fighter and it's expansive and it's fire. Um, and when we talk about like these boundaries and these rules and these limits, like we're living in a pandemic. So like, I can only imagine that a low vibrational Capricorn energy that is limiting all of these people is looking like more rules, more structures, lockdowns, that type of shit. So when I'm thinking lockdowns, structures, vaccine passports, limits on travel, like I've already seen living, I live in Europe, like I've seen the European countries that are going through this right now. And there is, it's not televised, but there is like serious riots and fights occurring, trying to fight these new systems, which whatever, we don't need my opinion on that. Um, but I'd be probably in the street fighting more so than going with it, I'll say. But like, do you think like spring and summer, we have Jupiter moving into Aries. Are there any indicators for our listeners that like we might have some serious restrictions moving in and there's potential for explosive combat or not like war, but I just mean like people fighting the system and people sort of like rising up. Like we're in that age of Aquarius. We're in that like, we're trying to restructure things. People are no longer accepting the bullshit. And like, I've seen even like in North America where they're now on like the third booster, then it's gonna be the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. Like by booster number seven, I think people are gonna be like, fuck this. So like, at what point do you see that there's a potential COVID pushback from the people if that is something that we think could potentially happen through this year? Yeah, well, I'd be curious to see what does shake down at the end of December. December 24th, we have the exact square. Like Uranus and Saturn are always going to be a sign-based square for all of 2022. I was saying the exact, like within the same minute of these squares being activated. But December 24th? On December 24th, Uranus and Saturn will be at an exact square at the highest level Correct. of tension. Exactly. So that's in 2021. And okay. so it'll be, and I think that is like I'm seeing here in Toronto as well, where I'm currently based this pushback. And I saw a news article about how in New Brunswick, a province in Canada, that they're limiting people in grocery stores that they don't have a vaccine passport and some people being all in favor for this and other people who are even vaccinated saying this is too far. We can't keep restricting people, which is very Saturn. And then Uranus in the sign of Taurus, which is again, very fixed, but it's like, even these fixed structures that even if it makes sense to some people, the way they keep stifling and restricting other people that it's not going to serve the entire collective. And so it'll be curious to see on the 24th of December, what new news sources come through because on December 25th, that's when Venus retrograde is conjunct Pluto. So all the astrologers are kind of looking at the holidays of a time of potential contention of opinions being crossed or, that pushback. And so it'll be, like I said, curious to see during that full moon lunar eclipse on November 8th, 
when all those things are in close proximity to the north node, the moon will be conjunct Uranus and that second square will be activated on October 1st of 2022. So with your question, Chris, of Jupiter going into Aries, that fighter, and I always think of Aries as being not selfish, but they're like, this is what I want. So I'm going to go out and get it. They don't, it's not that they're not thinking about other people. They're just fully honoring their growth, their strength, their passion. And so I think people are going to be doing that. And kind of maybe like we saw May, June of 2020, when everything was opening, all this expansion, that's also when Jupiter of 2021, we saw Jupiter and Pisces and things opening up a little bit, right? And people finally having freedom and traveling. And then when Jupiter went back into Aquarius in 2021, we saw restrictions being imposed again. So I feel like there maybe might be another power play of trying to control people again or trying to rally people. It's like, oh, this is all happening. How can we tune it back in the fall of 2022 to see how this can work for everyone or maybe something around travel or finances because i guarantee once the metaverse and crypto comes into play they're going to want to make ways of sanctioning that or taxing it or something so i think it might be more in that regard if we're talking about aries and jupiter expanding new business ventures going after what you want what you're passionate about especially that younger generation making six figures off tiktok and everything like that younger generation keeps getting older and so i think maybe with regards to that it could be restrictions and impositions on new wealth and new structure and stability more so than the pandemic at least that's my kind of optimistic sense i think the pandemic will be more prompt at the end of 2021 2022 innovation creation limits maybe more of the digital realm that'll be the area of focus well yeah they're definitely going to be policing people more online and with trying to figure out how to tax these wages differently and how to make sure exactly. like, like there's a huge, and again, you can call the pandemic, whatever you want, but like there was a massive transfer of wealth to the already wealthy during this pandemic. And now I think with these younger generations and these like NFT sales and these like people who are really seeing how we're going to rewrite these systems as there's more, wealth being transferred back to these younger generations like the people in the positions of power who have and hold this wealth or dictate or um, tax these wealth like they're going to want to set up more limitations because they're seeing that that energy shift that power shift the wealth is shifting so there really is this battle between saturn being that old structure and uranus being like no fuck that we're doing it a different way so like <laughs> This is gonna be a little bit of a dance for a while. Um, okay, well, I hope this, some of it, all of it was helpful to our listeners. Um, Matthew and I, again, we'll have that calendar out. We've got workshops that we both offer. You can find everything on our website, mineinwardboutique.com. Um, depending on when you listen to this, I think chriscorsini.com is going to now be active. And Ooh. right, because my new thing, I'm reinventing it. Um, you're going to go to chriscorsini.com and then it's going to have middle child music and it's going to have inward boutique. So then you can choose your journey. Um, yeah. Choose your own adventure, so to speak. Exactly. That's, that's the new vibe. Um, I'm also thinking we should probably get this online before Christmas because we've talked a lot about the conjunction. 
I think so too. I mean, we can set that intention now. We have a few days before that happens. So if it works, I think that'd be beneficial just to give this information. If not, it can be a good retrospective so people can really feel how that one specific transit resonates. And of course, I'm always very aware that these can all manifest in very different ways. So it could be in your own family life and career that you're feeling this structure and change that you have to grow and adapt. It could be around your finances. It could be around your health. So Chris and I were talking about general descriptions of how all of these transits could play out, of course. And so if you want to maybe gain a little bit more insight or go deeper, of course, you can look at your own natal chart. I offer one-on-one -on -one readings, or you can just research more on your own. And that way you can get even more insight and more clarity and more excitement on the year ahead. And where can people find you? Is it stillwateralchemy.com? You got it. And Stillwater Alchemy across all social media platforms. Amazing. Okay. I also think I just misspoke and said that there's a conjunction happening, but it's not actually the conjunction. It's the square that's exact on Christmas, right? Well, you're both right. <laughs> both your twins are correct. So okay. we have the square between Saturn and Uranus happening on December 24th. And then the conjunction between Venus retrograde and Pluto sure. at 25 degrees happening on December 25th. So, so. I'm Christmas time, just be aware of all the changes and travel safely, everyone. I'm always a big proponent of mindset, blessing your bags, blessing the plane, blessing everything. Put a piece of black tumorine in your luggage, in the car that you're driving. So no matter what's happening or any delays, you can still get to your end destination safely and with care. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me. Thanks to the listeners for being here. Um, please subscribe, leave a five-star rating, leave a review. It actually really helps. I didn't know that when podcasters are always like, oh, like leave a review, but it really does help. So leave a review. Um, and yeah, we will be back with Stillwater probably at some point, maybe around the spring to talk about like the next six months or maybe before that, who knows. But um, yeah, you can find us both on Instagram, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to put access to his YouTube channel below, or you'll see some of the cards floating around. Click on those. Um, I'm Chris Corsini. This is Matthew at Stillwater Alchemy. And yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening. And thank you, Chris, for having me. Always such a pleasure to speak to one of my favorite Geminis, you and Naomi Campbell, my favorite Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're so similar. The two of us are so, so similar. So. Really are. Right? Okay, I need her in a music video. Oh my God, that would be a vibe. Manifest. I love that. Okay, we will chat with you all soon. Thank you for tuning in to Middle Ground. And um, I guess that's it. I don't know how to really end these ever. So I'm just going to hit stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>